Virtually every conversation I have with folks in the insurance industry today, at some point we talk about how hard recruiting has become. It's become more expensive to hire. We're having to hire a whole lot faster in order to not miss opportunities. And there's just a lot of challenges around recruiting right now. Well, today I'm going to share with you five things you must do to recruit more effectively. Have you ever wondered what the top insurance agents are doing to grow their book of business exponentially each and every month? I've personally grown my own agency to multiple locations and dozens of agents over the past 20 years, learning from the industry's leading experts and applying what they've taught me to my own agency. And now I've invited these same experts to share their industry leading secrets with you. My name is Jim Schubert, and welcome to Agents Growth Academy. Hi, I'm Jim Schubert. I am the headmaster of Agents Growth Academy, and I am here today to share with you five things you must do to recruit more effectively. If you haven't joined us before, welcome. This is where I love to help agents improve their branding, marketing, and agency operations. So let's dig right into it. Number one of five things you must do to recruit more effectively is make your recruiting evergreen. Now, if you're not familiar with branding and marketing term evergreen, it basically means something that is working for you all the time instead of being reactive. See, the problem is that oftentimes I have experienced this myself and I've seen plenty of other agents experience this. You're missing out on opportunities because you're stopping and starting your hiring process. You're like jerking and lurching forward and stopping. And, and it's not helpful because you're, you're missing out on all these opportunities that could be arriving in between the times when you need to fill a position. See, I think we as agents oftentimes are just that reactive instead of being proactive consistently. So the solution is to create an evergreen recruiting process. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details about that right now, although I will share with you that I am putting the finishing touches on a course, an online course to share with folks how to create an automated recruiting machine. But I'll say this, uh, we used to do this reactive thing where somebody would leave and we go, Oh my gosh, we got to go recruit. Right. And so we, we turn on indeed ads and, and we contact recruiters that we'd lost touch with, or, you know, whatever it is, we'd make sure that everything looked right on our website. And what we found was, you know, sure we would get the flow, but it would take some time to ramp back up again. So if you have an evergreen model where you always have ads running or you always have recruiters, if you use recruiters, looking out for you, you always have your website working for you to drive resumes to you. We used to receive on any given day, you know, maybe zero to maybe one resume that would trickle in from, you know, random places. And we'd have to go find out like, how did that person even apply? <laughs> where, where did that resume come from? And now we're consistently getting between seven to 10 resumes per day. I'm going to say that again, seven to 10 resumes per day of just automated things coming in and, and us not having to like stop and start the process and 
oh my gosh, react. So um, that's kind of where we are on that. Number two is save time communicating with candidates through automation. I already alluded to the course that I'm creating about automating the recruiting process. The problem is that oftentimes when you're communicating with candidates throughout the process, whether it's, you know, just asking them questions to pre-qualify before you schedule an interview or answering their questions or even the whole process of scheduling an interview uh, alone, we on average are spending five to seven minutes per person that we're communicating with. And you, you multiply that times however many resumes you're interacting with these candidates on. So it could be 20, could be 50, could be 100. That is a lot of time. And we were getting the same questions from people over and over uh, about the position. You know, it was taking an inordinate amount of time going back and forth trying to schedule interviews via email with people. So the solution is to use a couple of tools. Uh, the first one is a pitch deck. And I talk about this in the online course I'm creating, but a pitch deck, I'll just give you a little sneak peek, is kind of like what you would use if you were pitching a company on something, you know, a proposal. You have slides that you share that have relevant information on them. And what we do is we use this pitch deck early on in the process when we're sending automated emails to people that we have scheduled interviews with. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But with the pitch deck, it answers things like, what is your compensation structure? What are your benefits like? What's the company culture like? What kind of opportunities are available for people who are you know, employees of the company? Um, what, you know, who are your carrier partners, all the questions that we get throughout the interview process, we send it early on in that pitch deck so that when we're in the interview with the person, we're not spending time answering those questions. And not only that, we're also weeding people out naturally, because if there's something that they see in that pitch deck that doesn't resonate with them, or they say, no, this isn't a fit for me, they weed themselves out. So it saves you time. Another tool is Indeed messaging templates. Now, if you're using Indeed, this is a fantastic tool that you should be using. There's something called messaging templates, which is basically like kind of like if you have set up an Outlook or, or Gmail where you can have pre-filled text that uses variables to, to co- communicate. So if you select a particular response to somebody who has applied on on Indeed, it will pre-fill their name. It will pre-fill the position they've applied for so that you don't have to go in and manually type that each time, right? So there's a lot of ways that you can use that. And I talk about that in the course. Um, Another tool is Calendly. (laughs) I've talked with a lot of people about this recently, but Calendly alone saves us at least let's call it 15 hours plus uh, per hire that we make just in the interview scheduling process alone. Uh, if you've ever used Calendly, um, and I can put a link in the description to, to Calendly if you want to check it out, but if you've ever used it, you know that it's basically putting the onus on the other person who wants to schedule something with you to choose the time that fits with them. And it's 
linked to your calendar, the schedule that you set up ahead of time so that you don't have to go back and forth. Hey, does this time next Wednesday work for you? Uh, and then only to find out two hours beforehand, they, they've got to reschedule. It's like, oh my gosh, you can alleviate a lot of that back and forth time wasted using a tool like Calendly. Okay. Um, so I'll share a story with you. Uh, you know, one thing we use Calendly for now is once people schedule an interview with us, we have a series of emails that goes out with a few different touch points to give them a little bit more information about who we are. And we have a series of videos that we've created and I, I cover that in the course as well. But uh, what's interesting is that now when I have people come onto an interview, like a phone screen interview, the first interview, I've had probably... 50% of the people now say, oh my gosh, I loved the videos that you put out, by the way. That was really helpful. I really got a feel of who you guys are as a company, and thank you so much. So it's a way to create raving fans out of candidates before they even show up for the first interview. Um, speaking of ways to automate things, I do want to take a second and say thanks to ePay Policy. Uh, they are the simplest way to collect insurance payments. We use them in Southern States Insurance. We've used them for probably like eight years now. Um, they're launching something soon that we're uh, going to be interested to look into called Checkmate. Uh, Checkmate will allow ePay customers to route checks to them for daily collections. So if if customers are still sending checks for some reason, they can come in that way and ePay will batch them, process them, and with all the check details that they'll put there, they'll put ePay will put those in the dashboard for you to see. So there's no extra monthly fee for this. It's just one flat fee per check. Uh, if you want to check out Checkmate, they haven't launched it yet at the time of this recording, go to epaypolicy.com forward slash Checkmate to learn more. All right, so more of these things you must do to recruit more effectively. Number three, <clears throat> excuse me, is to set expectations to reduce no-shows. Okay, just like you would do with your own prospective clients, you want to set their expectation. Hey, it, it's, you know, give me two days to get back to you because I have to get with the underwriter. I have to do all these other things. Just setting expectations alone will keep people on the hook longer. It's the same with candidates. The problem that we're having is that we're, we were losing candidate interest and people were no showing for interviews because we weren't keeping in touch with them. It's the same thing with your clients throughout the year. If you're not, if you don't have some touch points throughout the year, they're going to forget who you are, right? The people that are applying for a position with you, guess what? You're not the only company they're applying for. So they've got all these other companies. You need to find ways to stay in front of them. Uh, as my buddy Billy Wagner says all the time, to be unclear is to be unkind. Be clear, set clear expectations. So the solution, I talked about this already, send automated emails to candidates. Um, you can use Calendly for this if it's part of your interview process. You can use other tools uh, as well, like ConvertKit um, or, or you know, different, different email solution providers like that that will do it easily for you. Um, 
suggestions around this would be to send an email immediately after they schedule the interview to get right in front of them, set the expectation. Maybe you even create a video like we did that has me talking to the candidate who just scheduled their interview saying, hey, here's what you're going to expect out of the process. Puts a face with a name. It humanizes the process. Um, And then do it a couple of other times before the interview, if this is the time when you're going to inject that kind of touch point, um, let them know what the process is going to look like. All right. Number four, create an inbound resume flow from multiple sources. The problem that we used to have was relying solely on one method. And I, you know, I love my recruiter friends, but at the same time, Y'all are kind of like crack. Like, I, I try not to use you if I can. I love you, but y'all are expensive. It can cost a lot of money if you put all your eggs in one basket. Um, and and sometimes, depending on the recruiter, and over the years, we've had some that haven't worked out, it can yield pretty meager results, especially for the amount of money that you end up paying in a fee. So the solution is to use multiple sources to create inbound resume flow. Um One would be recruiters, if you must. (laughs) Another would be Indeed, like I've already talked about. Another that people don't think about is their website. Now, a lot of people think, well, I have stuff up on my website and I'm not getting flow. Well, I'm not going to cover it now. I do cover this in my course, but there's some very specific things you need to have on your job listings on your job site that can send you resumes on a daily basis. From our website alone, we now get consistently between, let's call it two to five resumes completely unsolicited, right? I'm not like proactively every day doing something. It's just my website's out there and people are searching for particular terms. They're finding us or maybe they find me on LinkedIn, whatever, they go to our website, but there's certain things on your website that need to be there in place that I cover in that course if you want to learn more about that. Um... So uh, your website's another one. In- internal finders fee incentives. Don't forget to leverage your own employees and their connections, right? They don't live on an island. They know other people in the insurance industry. And if you had everyone in your organization, no matter how big or small you are, make a couple of social media posts. By the way, provide them with some content to do that or maybe even send out a couple of emails, but give them a reason, give them an incentive. Um, we provide a monetary incentive in our agency and to do to, for people to send us qualified candidates. And, and it's worked and we've paid out thousands over the years in finder's fees, but we're saving thousands upon thousands more <laughs> than what we would be paying a recruiter, let's say, to do the same thing. Um, <clears throat> and then another way to get inbound resume flow is uh, email or LinkedIn message, which could be even more powerful, key partners. So for insurance agents, that would be carriers, brokers, anybody in the industry you know who knows people who you're trying to attract, okay? All right, the fifth and final thing you must do to recruit more effectively is to ask the right questions at the right time to pre-qualify candidates, okay? The problem is that candidates quit on you late in the game 
because you didn't pre-qualify them early on. Or maybe you decide that they're not a fit for you and you quit on them later on in the game when you've already spent hours in the interview process. And depending on your interview process, by the way, ours is a few hours long. Sometimes we do it in a, uh, in, in one go or, or two goes. Sometimes we do it in three. But you need to have a robust interview process. Now, there's some things I'll share with you. Um, the solution is to ask the right questions at the right time. As early and often as you can, whether it's through your pitch deck, like I said, to answer some of these questions like, you know, what your hours of operation are or PTO. That's one thing we actually list out, you know, our, our PTO on that pitch deck. And we've had people come back and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to be enough for me. Uh, and we say, okay, fine, fair. Um, and we know that that's, you know, it's not a good fit. Um, salary expectations. You can ask that in the phone screen, the very first interview. Uh, what we like to do is towards the end of that phone screen is just to say something like, um, you know, if you don't mind me asking, what is your expectation for salary. And if you'd like to give me a range, that's fine. Kind of softens that blow of a more direct question if you ask them to give you a range. And that way, uh, you know if you're going to be able to be in the ballpark for them. And if you're not, you can let them know right then and there. One of the first things I do when I get on a phone screen with someone is I say, hey, thanks for taking the time today to do this phone screen. I'll just let you know, we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time. This is just a real quick way for us and for you to determine if it makes sense to move forward. If not, no worries. Sound good to you? Just using that kind of script can really, from the very beginning, set expectations that this is gonna be a real quick thing. If it's not a good fit, no worries, but let's get it out of the way first so that we're not spending time on the back end after having spent hours only to discover it's not going to work for some reason that you could have discovered much earlier on. Technology requirements for remote workers, that's a big one. I'll tell you a story about that in a second, uh, is another good thing to, to get out there up front. Uh, and then a couple of role-specific qualifying questions are also a good thing to, to ask. Something like a coverage explanation, you know, uh, Tell me what the difference between ACV and RCV is, right? If they can't tell you that right away and they're licensed, mayday, mayday, run for the hills, right? So um, let me tell you a story about technology requirements. Literally this past week, I did a phone screen with someone and I got to the very end and I I said, you know, what kind of, and I knew that they were going to be remote because of where they're located. And I said, what kind of computer do you have? Because we don't provide uh, computers. It's bring your own computer, right? And then you connect to our network. And they said, um, well, I have a Mac. And I said, okay, so we use Windows. And there's a lot of reasons why we've discovered over the years that it just it's going to work better with our technology. I can send you a spec sheet of the requirements for that. But we do require you to uh, have your own computer. And they said... Yeah, um, okay. And then a couple of minutes later, they brought it up again and they said, you know, I'm going to be candid with you. I think it's going to be a deal breaker for me on the whole computer thing. And I said, you know what? 
that's no worries. At that point, we had only spent 15 minutes with each other. And actually, I'll tell you this, the person on the other end of the phone said, yeah, it's it's no worries. I'm not upset with, with you about that. And I said, no, I'm not upset with you about that either. And, and we both parted amicably. Just setting expectations ahead of time can make a huge difference in saving you time. So let's do a recap real quick of the five things you must do to recruit more effectively. Number one, make your recruiting evergreen. Find ways to proactively and consistently bring resumes in. Number two, save time by communicating with candidates through automation, things like pitch deck and indeed messaging templates and Calendly. Number three, set expectations to reduce no-shows. To be unclear is to be unkind. Make sure you're letting them know in some form or fashion upfront what the interview process or the whole recruiting process is going to be like. Number four, create an inbound resume flow from multiple sources. Don't just rely on one source. Think about recruiters, Indeed, your website, finders fees, things like that. And finally, number five, ask the right questions at the right time to pre-qualify candidates. Find out what their salary expectations are. Find out whether your PTO is going to be uh, acceptable to them or not. Uh, discover if they have the right technology that's going to work well for your agency. Folks, if this episode was helpful to you, I would be unbelievably grateful if you would share it with someone you know that could benefit from this. And if you really got something out of it yourself, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating Um, I love getting feedback from folks who do that. It helps me understand what to create that provides value to you, which is what I want to do to help you grow. Until next time, grow big or go home. If you like this or any other episodes of Agents Growth Academy podcast, make sure you rate it. And if you want to take ownership over your own growth, come join us for free over at agentsgrowthacademy.com.